Welcome to How Art is Born, a podcast from the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver about the origins of artists and their creative and artistic practices. I'm your host, R. Al Brooks, artist, writer, and professor. Today I'm joined by Denver-based visual artist and educator, Kame Gagofre. Say hello. Hi. All right, uh, I guess to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do? Yeah, um, I'm a visual artist. I am foremost a painter. I could say that's my trade. Um, but lately I've been working with a lot of installation arts, which has been really exciting to yeah. kind of work beyond the picture plane. Um, but a little bit of background on myself. I'm originally from Colombia, mm-hmm. born in Bogota, uh, and I grew up in Quito, Ecuador. Okay. Yeah. So Latina here. <laughs> Were you, uh, well, uh, since we're starting now, let's talk about like, uh, did you did you get involved in art? Well, I guess my first question yes. is, what was the first art that moved you in your life? Mm. And it doesn't have to be like a specific thing. You can say like a type or a period or whatever. No, I actually do have a specific. Oh, nice. Yeah, like memory, like memory triggered. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, uh, my parents had this painting, and it was of like a plaza, you could say, full of like different people and colors. And it was like the people were very abstract. So it was kind of like a big picture. Hmm. And I remember sitting in front of it for hours. And my dad would sit with me. My mom would sit with me. And I would just sit in front of it and just like imagine like the story that that piece was was telling. And it was kind of like a folk art piece, you could say. who knows where that painting is? They probably <laughs> still have it, honestly, because it meant so much to me when I was like a toddler. Yeah. Um, well, why do you? What do you think spoke to you about it? Like what? I I think a lot of it was like the colors and like. It was so abstract, but I could still put myself into it, huh. and so like there was like a lot of movement. I don't know what was so magical about it, yeah. but I still like. It's one of those things that, as a kid, I have I have that as like one of my first memories, yeah. and I can still visually see it in my head, and I guess that's probably the first yeah. art piece that truly moved me. But <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, so yeah. was there a point for you where you were like, "I'm gonna do that," or was it like always with you that you wanted to create art? I didn't know. I think at that time that I wanted to create art. Yeah. My mom is an artist, oh, okay. and so I've always been around. What kind of art does your mom do? Um, a lot of um, craft pieces um i actually don't know how to answer that (laughs) um yeah she yeah mostly craft i guess you could say um but she would do like decorative pieces that's the word so she would do decorative work and um for either like other people's homes or whatnot but she was really skilled in creating realistic pieces as well okay so i grew up in a studio um, so she had her own studio and I would always see her like paint or draw um, or make costumes for me. Uh. So she was very crafty, very artistic. And I think that's just kind of like something that I always like look towards. Yeah. But I didn't really know that it was like an actual like career path, you could say. Okay. Because um, she also she was an architect by trade. So that's what she did yeah. as a job. Right. Yeah. So I kind of like got that from her. But when I was little, I was like, I just want to be an astronaut. I don't know. I was like living yeah. in the space. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. So oh, nice. <laughs> I was in the stars. Yeah. Huh. Do you find that, uh, is there any way that that love for like space and being an astronaut, all that stuff, connects with any of the themes of your work? A little bit. I think more on the spiritual side of yeah. things. I think in the way 
I connect with art is definitely a more emotional, mm -hmm. like I really appreciate beauty and yeah. I really appreciate things that are not necessarily abstract, but just kind of have a little bit more of an emotional sense to them. Right. Um, and I think that's one of those things that I think when I think about space, like it's an emotional feeling that I have towards it. Yeah. Um, but it's more, my art is more connected to the earth and the landscape and the mm. things that are more grounded. Okay. And if you feel a little bit more um, spiritual through my work, that's the goal, you know, mm. things that are bigger, bigger than yourself. Well, it's interesting because when you talked about that first piece that your parents had, mm -hmm. you said it had a lot of motion and the colors made you feel things. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's interesting for you to talk about like um, connecting with spirituality and sort of like humanity mm -hmm. in in the work that you're doing now. Yeah, I think that's the beauty about art and the reason I make art is because it allows me to think beyond myself. Yeah. A lot of my pieces are actually don't sign them at the front. Huh. And people always are like, you need to do this for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> but I actually like when pieces are just beyond me, that they become uh, somebody else's and they become more global and yeah. uh, personal to whoever's viewing them. So that's something that I like like to strive with, just passing a little bit of the energy into them. Do you do you sign on the back? I sign on the back. Okay. Yes. So, okay, this yes. has come up on the show for me. Mm -hmm. I'm fundamentally an introvert, right? So mm -hmm. even though I'm sort of a public figure, sure. uh, people watching podcasts don't know that I just rolled my eyes when I said that, but sort mm -hmm. of a public figure. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, like it's not the thing I would choose. It's a tool to sort of get people to engage with my art in a yes. different way. And so it's interesting to hear you talk about um, wanting your art to be its own experience mm -hmm. and not necessarily be attached to you. Does that come from the same place of being sort of introverted or is it something else? Um, I think it's something else. Okay. I don't think I've considered myself an introvert. Yeah. But I feel like I'm a shy extrovert. Okay. Like I feel like as, as when people first meet me, I can be very shy and then they get to know me and a, a little bit more open up. Right. Uh, but I do love connecting with people. I do get my energy from people. Mm. Um, so I don't know, art making in its essence, I think it's just like a transfer of energy. Yeah. So um, I like to transfer that positivity and that energy and that spirituality hmm. um, in the way that I, s that I feel when I'm on a hike or when I'm like seeing a new sunset. And I uh. know this sounds like very corny, but like at the end of the day, that's where it all comes from. It's from the beauty of like the little tiny things in the world from like a little plant to a big sunset. No, it doesn't sound corny. And mm -hmm. it, the reason I say that is because, okay, so like when you're interacting with nature, mm -hmm. um, nobody has autographed it. Mm -hmm. It is, you bring it like whatever experience you have yeah. with nature, you're having that experience. Mm -hmm. So is that kind of the place that it comes from for you to want to people to have that experience with your art? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. I don't think I've ever like said it in that great words <laughs> <laughs> or in that phrasing you could say. Um, but yes, especially because the earth is constantly changing and mm. like you might have like a specific interaction with something and the next person might have something completely different hmm. and i think that's really beautiful and different doesn't mean wrong it just yeah. means that people are just going to engage with a landscape or with a piece whether it be mine or somebody else's hmm. just completely different it's so interesting i mean i love it um because so as somebody as a writer mm -hmm. um i'm usually trying to convey a specific message and guide people through a specific set of emotional experiences mm -hmm. to get to where I want, right? Um, 
do you have a message in mind when you're creating art or mm. is it just completely open and you're okay no matter how people interpret it? Yeah, I think I'm going to answer that question a little bit backwards. Okay. Um, just because something came to mind. Yeah. I think that's something that I've always, up until recently, kind of came to terms with uh-huh. um, was the idea that art and good art should come from a place of pain or mm. hurt okay. or whatever. Right. And there is a lot of incredible art that yeah. comes from those places. My art has always come from a really with a place from positivity mm. and not one that is meant to be like, I'm not trying to tell you to smile or be happy or whatnot. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to like say anything particular about that. But in my experience, the best work I've ever done has always been when I'm like clear minded, positive, yeah. engaged with it. So in terms of like a message and what I'm trying to say, a lot of the times is to pay attention, hmm. relax, enjoy, yeah. and like let the let the vibe like welcome you, mm-hmm. I guess, which is why I've led a lot to like this installation art because I can do that a little bit more obviously. Um, but because you're creating sort of an environment, I'm creating that environment, yeah. you know, for people. Um, there are different themes that go into my work that mm-hmm. are a little, you can say a little bit more academic, yeah. but without all that BS <laughs> <laughs> in a way, like, I think that making art from a positive place that is just something beautiful and emotional in that positive way yeah. is important. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I find that people um, don't always recognize that being optimistic is a choice mm-hmm. and it requires a particular type of strength. Yeah. You know, it, particularly if you are aware of the world around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times people think that optimism is. Um, comes from ignorance or mm-hmm. weakness mm-hmm. or or privilege oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so being able to like observe the r- world around you and still choose to create art from an optimistic place i think is really interesting yeah um and and i think it's a like often i, I i'll put like an adjective before the optimism like militant optimism mm-hmm. or courageous optimism mm-hmm. uh, so i guess i want to hear more about how that how that fits into your work, how, how it fuels your work. Like, would you say that your work could be described as courageous optimism? Oh, that's so hard. You know, <laughs> it's like one of those things that you're like, I think I'm brave. <laughs> um, I think the place where I'm at right now with my practice, yeah. I feel like it took me a while to get to that place of like courageous optimism, what yeah. you're saying, where I'm feeling like really confident that this is what I want to put out into the world. Hmm. And it took that, it took a lot of steps for me to like get to the place of being confident in this and like understanding that I don't know that some things I don't know I I think there is courage in just making art and putting art in there and so like if there is optimism in that Mm -hmm. you know I am choosing like you said it is a choice I am choosing to make this piece I am choosing to make this art I'm choosing to work with these techniques with these colors and whatnot and all of that takes bravery and takes courage to like put it out in the world right and I think that's I'm blushing a little bit because that is a cool way to put it um feel free to use it yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I think I'm kind of losing the thread a little bit. Well, it's cool because you're making me think about sort of the phases of being an artist, right? Yes. Because unless you have um, 
no intention for anyone to interact with your art at all. Mm -hmm. You usually start out with thinking about how is my art going to affect people? How are people going to engage with Mm -hmm. it? Um, Which is healthy to an extent, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's the basis of a lot of fear, but it's also um, reasonable. Like you want want your art to reach or affect people in some way. Mm -hmm. And then I think at some point you find a place where you can do that, but you also come back to whatever your truest voice is. Yeah. I was writing, uh, so I wrote this graphic novel story. It's like a noir story for okay. this anthology. It's called Denver Noir. came nice. out in May, right? It's my first sort of national thing. Right? <laughs> and um, I was, I wrote this character who was like, it's probably the blackest shit I ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like it's so, it's so, it's such a strong and distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And it came as a result of talking with another friend who was talking about having legitimate voices and stuff like that. And it was a place for me where I was like um, nervous whether the publishers, the editors, whether yeah. they would dig it. And, uh, it's a true fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they did. And I was like, for real? Because mm. I was so sure that they were like, no, mm-hmm. this is too black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't say it like that. You know, yeah. they'd be like, well, I don't know if this fits our parameters or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? But like, I think there's something beautiful in having those breakthroughs, right? Where like, you are, you have, you've worked with the tools of engaging people with your art, Mm -hmm. but then you're also finding a resurgence of your most authentic voice. Absolutely. Yeah, and it seems like with you, like with the optimism. Yeah, I would would say so. Yeah. Um, And it is nice to like, I mean, obviously within the art world, you're always, whether you admit it or not, seeking validation Mm -hmm. for the work that you do. But it is nice to have moments of like, you know what, if this doesn't land with right. anybody, at least I'm doing it for myself because at least I'm putting that work for myself. Yeah. And I think even that is valuable, mm. whether it's received well or not. Right. And luckily, it has been. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> Was there uh, like a catalyst for you in terms of uh, coming back to that most authentic voice or was it just like a gradual growth? Um, I would say it was... A little bit gradual. Mm. Um, I did go to grad school and kind of followed all that protocol, yeah. um, you could say. And, you know, I've always, since I started taking art seriously, you could say, I've always done landscapes, okay. but they were very traditional. It was uh-huh. like a horizon line, a sky, land, period. Yeah. And when I was in grad school and I started kind of exploring a little bit more of my mediums, I started kind of playing a little bit with form and the line and I started finding this really meditative work way to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes people are like, oh, this must take so much patience when huh. in reality is actually the most meditative thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like I can't just sit in a chair and meditate like a regular <laughs> person. Um, I have to be painting. Right. And there was this one moment where I made a piece and it was very um, white and kind of dark, you could say. And one of my professors, shout out, (laughs) she was like, you know, I feel like you love color. So Mm. like, why is there no color here? And that for some reason was so important to hear because she was so right. I Mm. love color. I love rainbows. I love everything that has to do with that. I want to explore color more. Mm -hmm. And so now my work has become all about color. And... I love that a lot. I love exploring that a lot, even to the point that I've had people be like, or like friends encourage me to work back in black and white, even mm-hmm. what we were just talking earlier, that now I'm like, okay, what happens if I now work in black and white? Mm-hmm. What would be the transition in that? So I think a lot about color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess shout out to educators in general yes. and all the people who are like influencing the artists of the next generation because mm-hmm. that little thing that you never know. Yeah. Yeah, right. It could be the most simple thing. And then and suddenly it's a breakthrough. sticks with you forever. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Valerie Cassell Oliver, curator of the exhibition, The Dirty South, Contemporary Art, Material Culture, and the Sonic Impulse. Occupying three floors at MCA Denver, The Dirty South makes visible the roots of Southern hip-hop culture and reveals how the aesthetic traditions of the African-American South have shaped the visual art and musical expression over the last 100 years. This exhibition features an intergenerational group of artists working in a variety of genres, from sculpture to painting and drawing to photography and film, as well as sound pieces and large-scale installation works. Head over to mcadenver.org visit and use the code TDS20, that's TDS20, for a 20% discount on general admission for this exhibition, which is on view until February 5th, 2023. Okay, so we were talking about this thing of um, you like having intention about your art and how mm-hmm. people experience it. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that you were gonna start to answer that question backwards. Do you have like... Um, oh yeah. Yeah, when you're creating something, do you want people to experience it in a certain way or is it just kind of like, whatever they feel is cool? That's interesting because I feel I've gotten to the point of creating where it's not about how people receive it. I know we've been talking about how people are receiving it, but when I'm in the studio, the way I paint and the way I try to communicate things, it comes mostly from like myself, Mm. you know? So there's still like me in there, obviously. So what has happened, for example, is when I get commissions, which are fantastic and I love them and it's always a great source of money, not gonna lie. um, I do like making them. Right. I don't love making them because I am making them for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And there is that kind of like pressure to make sure that I fulfill that what they want. Yeah. Um, you can always commission though for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but over the last like couple years and like with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. I started making a very intentional point in my studio that whatever make like whatever I'm making, I'm making it for myself. Ah in the sense that like it might not go in a gallery yeah. it might not go in a show it might not get sold but i have these ideas that i need to get on the canvas and i need to get on paper yeah. that i'm excited about that i know if i make them maybe there'll be a place in the world for them that's or maybe dope. they won't um so that's nice it's also nice that i don't have to necessarily make work for a living mm-hmm. and that's why i have a day job mm. which helps me with that yeah um so i'm kind of like in that balance mode right now where i just want to create cool. for myself explore the themes that i want to explore experiment too because with a commission it's really hard to get experimental with that mm-hmm. um so i'm kind of like in this transition place in my studio practice where i'm trying to work on different things and new things that without the stress of how they're going to be received in a way. But that's very recent, granted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you bring up a lot of really interesting things, right? Because there's this whole idea of um, art as commerce, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, because especially I would say in America, it feels like we're uh, raised with this idea that art has no value unless you can sell it or make a lot of money out of it. 
And um, I think it is good to present the paradigm that if you don't want to create art to sell, then you can just work a job and create art because it's healing to you yeah. or because um, it's cathartic to you. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that paradigm shifts. Sometimes you want to sell more of it. You know, yeah. like it just kind of depends. But and it's always like a, a give and take and yeah. a balance. And, you know, I always tell friends that are, oh, I just make art as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it's great because, like, I also make art as a hobby. Right. Like, what distinguishes me from you is that maybe I've sold a couple more pieces than you. Mm-hmm. But we're all artists and we're all creating. Right. And it just depends how much time you're able to put into the work, how much time you're able to put it out in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a balance of switching between that. You yeah. Know? I mean, capitalism is a very real thing, so we have to think about that. But It is, yeah. And in the most purest form, we like to make art because we want to make art. Right, right. <laughs> and if you decide to make a living at it, then you can approach it differently. Absolutely. You know, like I have friends who uh, are like big indie comics people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like... Some of the hallmarks of indie comics is that they're largely, they're less accessible art-wise, less accessible story-wise. They're, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of like, um, it's not like reading Superman or something, sure. right? And it's fine. Like, yeah. it's great. But I think if you are making those kind of comics but are mad that you're not doing Superman sales, then you may maybe think exactly. differently about how you approach yeah, it. Yeah, you know? it's like how you how you think about commercialism. Yeah, with your own work. And how much of it can you how much of it can you engage in and still hold on to your voice? Right. You know, which is always a difficult balance. Yes, <laughs> because try. you get to the commercial point where you're like, oh no. Yeah. Or the opposite where you're like, no one gets me. <laughs> right. So it's like a nice balance. Yeah, and I guess how all of that really ends up being sort of the journey mm-hmm. as an artist. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> you said that uh, when you were a kid, you didn't necessarily think of yourself as an artist. Uh, when when was the point that you decided, oh, I'm going to do this or it yeah. means something to me? Um, I don't think is that I didn't know that I was an artist. I think I've always been creative and mm-hmm. I always had art. Okay. And so I think when I was a kid and growing up and, what I, and whatnot, art was always something that perhaps I took a little bit for granted mm. because I was naturally talented Okay. Um, through like whatever validation or praise you could say, but I was also really proud of whatever works I did in high school or yeah. whatnot. When I went to college, I really wanted to pursue science. Mm. I had an amazing science teacher in, in high school and it just opened this world for me yeah. and I thought it was so cool. What kind of science? Just biology. Okay. And so I was always like, oh, biology, ecology, like, you know, the ocean, like anything that had to do with that. I was Sounds like... Sounds like the elements of your art. Yes, exactly. Okay, nice. um, so I, I did want to explore that and like I love seeing nature documentaries even to this day because they're so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, I had the opportunity to go to a liberal arts school so I could explore different things. Yeah. And my schedule always ended up being like science and art, science and art. I took chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this might not work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that I didn't like chemistry. My just tiny little brain could not get through some concepts. Hmm. And I still have a degree, like a minor in environmental science from Mm. that. But it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Why don't I major in what I'm good at and see what happens? And the thing with art is that there's no clear trajectory, right? right. There's no path on how to become an artist. Yeah. There's things that I eventually 
kind of played around again with this idea of commercialism and capitalism is like how can I apply my creativity right. to a job that would give me some money and so I went through like maybe potentially architecture maybe potentially graphic design and I kind of just thought through all of that and I just came coming back to painting and I was like I can't work for a client hmm. like I can't work for somebody else I have to make it for myself I want right. to have the creative choices for myself and that was kind of like one of those things that Luckily, I had my family on board with that. And when I decided to go to grad school for art, it was just kind of like that defining moment of like, okay, I'm gonna become an artist. Right. And I think I had the, like, the kid feel when you go into an adult that you're like, oh yeah, I'm an artist. And you tell it to everybody. <laughs> and then you become an adult and you're like, I'm not an artist. What does it mean to be an artist? So I definitely had those yeah. imposter syndrome feelings right. of like, what does it mean to be an artist with a capital A? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you're an artist with a capital A now? I think I'm an artist with a capital A. I think a lot of people are artists with a capital A. Yeah. Well, and they're just scared what's the of difference for you though? Like what, when was the transition? What caused it? Um... I think when I aligned the idea that it wasn't just something for fun, huh. believe it or not, like yeah. even though I do make it for fun, mm. it was something that I decided to take a little bit more seriously and mm. invest my time in and research and learn about other artists and other traditions and, you know, just I think the... Maybe it was the academic world that yeah. like made me realize that, huh. um, that it wasn't so much just like fluff and a paintbrush and a canvas, that there was history in right. that, that I had a lineage before me. Um, I think maybe that's what okay. kind of consolidated it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, this might be sort of a weird question because yeah. uh, it's sort of abstract. But I like since, weird. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, since you are making art at this point for yourself, um, how do you know when it's done? Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I tried to prepare you for it. Believe it or not, I think that the reason right now I'm in my studio experimenting and the reason I made that choice hmm. this, this particular year to yeah. kind of like try new things is because I've been getting in a little bit of a rut in huh. terms of like my system and okay. how I make a painting. And even though my system can vary, there's still like a step one, a step two, a step three, a step four, a step hmm. five, it's done. And... So I know right now, if you tell me when a piece is ready, it's done. Okay. Um, but I'm excited to go into the studio and figure out when it's not going to be done again. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So we were talking about, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. When you feel uh, fear mm -hmm. in the midst of a creative pro project, uh, what's it like and how do you get past it? Um, rest. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get tunnel vision and so connected into a piece that that's where like stress comes from. And that's for me, that's where fear comes from when I have a lot of stress and maybe from other things in life, too. So I've been very conscious of giving myself time to rest. Hmm. I just finished a pretty big ish project recently. Yeah. And things in my life have kind of built up so i know that right now i need to take a rest from my art making hmm. and that's okay okay so when you're saying rest are you thinking like uh i'll take a couple months off or like what, what is a rest like two hours no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh no i 
I don't really usually give it a time period, yeah. but I'll be like, okay, maybe in a week or so, yeah. I'll come back to the studio. So you just kind of feel your way. I just feel my way back into it, yeah. Because then I, when I get too stressed and there's other factors in it, right. that's when fear comes of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I can't like manage this. Oh, I don't have enough money or mm. whatever the situation is. That's where fear comes from. Yeah. And I know that a pause is what I need in order to, you know, reprioritize that. Yeah. And my priority is all will always be my studio, but in order to keep that as a priority, I need to make sure I give it time to breathe. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, you know, there's a... I don't know, so many people feel guilty for being artists, right? Yeah. Like, like, we're being selfish or vapid or ridiculous, and so to prove that we deserve to be artists is like we have to create mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. So I love that you... Uh, that you give yourself the space to recharge. Yeah, well, and it took a while. Like, it's easier said than done. But with social media and with everything going on and yeah. everybody posting content and whatnot, it's easy to get distracted and distressed about that. So it is a very conscious decision mm. <laughs> to take the time. So I recommend it. Yeah. If you're burnt out, take a, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> uh, do you uh, feel any pressure around marketing or um like you mentioned social media yeah so like there's a lot of uh you know like i need to build a following as an artist to make yeah. a living is it do you have any of that going on or i feel like uh i did a few years ago mm. and now not so much because of our great following no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um no because i think i've i've made my mark in a way huh. and i don't feel like i need to go be above and beyond what's out there on social media yeah again i'm lucky enough that i don't have to make the work for a living so it's not like my number one income you could say yeah um just back to that um so in thinking about that not so much pressure about marketing right now yeah um, which is great. And Denver has been so amazing that right. I keep getting incredible opportunities Good. that I have built up. It's not like they're just coming out of thin air. Right. It's just like it's been years in the making mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I can, okay, I can chill out with my marketing. I don't have to be so out there anymore because it seems like the fruits of my work are coming. Like this podcast, you know, yeah. it was great hearing uh, from the MCA and, and getting this opportunity. So it's nice that that's kind of happening and right I'm kind of, Ride, the f th ride that wave a little bit until I feel it necessary to come back into that quote-unquote marketing. Yeah. Yeah. MCA Denver at the Holiday Theater is a hub for the arts located in this historic 400-seat theater. We aim to realize one-of-a-kind creative experiences for audiences that spark curiosity, challenge conventions, inspire, and delight. Visit mcadenver.org to learn more about the robust schedule of museum-driven and collaborative programming. Hmm. Okay, so now when you're doing this, this like I'm, I guess I'm really fascinated by you being in this period of creating work that is personally fulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, what feels like a success to you? Mm. You know, like when something's finished, how do you like, or does that even matter to you? I think a successful work for me would be something that, I mean, it's so, so basic, but something that just like makes me relax a little bit or yeah. like, or like smile or like, or like whenever I'm impressed by myself, huh. I guess it's just like, oh, 
hell yeah, that was successful yeah. in whatever ways. Um, but I think in working with the self-fulfillment, I want to leave room for play yeah. and experimentation. And that's something that maybe the goal isn't success, mm-hmm. right? The goal might be just to trust that process, as mm. cliche as that sounds. Yeah. And maybe the success is learning from that process right now, currently. That is great. Yeah. yeah I think that because that, that applies to like even life, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the idea of... Um, seeing the value in the journey, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, we can always be very focused on when I get to X, mm-hmm. when I reach this point, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll finally be happy. Yeah. When most of life is the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of my work is like, even though, like I said, I have the system mm-hmm. when I start it, it could change and it can transform. And I think allowing yourself to do that without a final product can be really fulfilling too yeah yeah hmm. it's interesting okay so for me with uh, graphic novels i try to write something that means something to me mm-hmm. and then figure out how to market it right mm-hmm. so right <laughs> yeah because that way i'm not trying to write for the market or um, exactly i'm not being taken out of my groove you mm-hmm. know and so i do end up sort of creating things i wouldn't i wouldn't say they're as strictly for myself as perhaps what you're talking about right now but it is fulfilling mm-hmm. and um i am one of the writers who likes writing mm-hmm. there's a lot of writers who hate writing interesting yeah they'll be like i like having written that kind of thing yeah um, i like the piece done yes <laughs> yeah but it's funny but i feel that way about drawing comics okay they're like miserable to draw <laughs> but after it's done i'm like yeah yeah i drew that yeah so didn't love it but i did it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't love the process right but then when I get it there, I'm like, man, it was, I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Do you have any, like, is it, do you enjoy the whole process of creating your art? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, there are bits and moments of it. Yeah. Like, I, I hate building a canvas. I hate mm. woodworking. I hate the priming process. Yeah. Like, I hate all of that, of the preparation right. to get that started. I absolutely. <laughs> do I do it? Yes. Yeah. Is it necessary? Yes. Do I hate it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing that a lot of people who are quote unquote inspi- aspiring artists don't get is that um, art is work. Yeah. Right. Like the inspiration is there for a minute, but it goes away pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's great for the ideas, but actually finishing something, there's going to be some parts you don't like. Absolutely. There's some and labor. Yeah. And like what people don't realize too is that there's the production stage of it. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that that, that idea could have happened like a year ago, right. a week ago, months ago. And all of that is part of that production. Mm-hmm. And so the how much time do you spend on the piece? That's like impossibly to right. say because the inception of it could go back to so like however long. And... I'm not like sitting there timing myself on how long this is going to take. Like I'll go into the studio for a little bit or later or whatnot. Like I'm sure when you write, mm-hmm. you write a little bit, you're not right. setting a timer of how many <laughs> hours you've been working right. on it. And so it is interesting because every work has a different life to it mm-hmm. that you can, you put the time into it, but it could be in the morning or at night or whatever, like the inspiration comes from, like you said. So that's part of it too. Hmm. Such a, it's such an interesting journey to figure out, like... I know. Yeah, like, 
what it, what what you love about being an artist, what you don't like, and how to how to make it more efficient, and but also still have the adventure of the journey and the mm-hmm. process. Yeah, I had a friend once that said, "Art is like I live for it. I hate it. I love it. Right. It's what I live for. But it's just kind of like." all these things in combination. I said that completely poorly. That's not how she said it, but <laughs> it was kind of like along those lines. It's like, I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it again. It's like, right. What makes me happy? What makes me sad? What makes me angry? What makes me excited? And it's all of that yeah. process. There's no way to just pinpoint it. Yeah, and I guess in many ways, that's the nature of passion, right? Like yeah. If you feel passionate about something, you're going to have emotional uh, extremes. Mm-hmm. And all of that gets to go into the thing that you create, which is ultimately a beautiful process yeah so uh you were talking about exploring um in the studio during this phase of your mm-hmm. life are there particular ways you want to explore or are you just going to be like sit down in front of a canvas and be like what happens let's see what happens <laughs> uh you know maybe hmm. um i think one of the things that i want to do is go back to basics yeah i teach drawing as well okay and in my class, I preach so much about like, regardless of what skill level, it's always so good to just go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm like really yearning to just get a piece of paper and charcoal and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, in other ways, I have these ideas in my head of specifically paintings that I want to create mm-hmm. that are completely different from what I'm making right now. And this is what fear comes from, you know, because yeah. it's like, I feel like I've built almost this brand hmm. that I don't know if I can. I sure can, but I don't know how to break from it quite yet. Right. And so that's one of the things that I'm like, that's kind of keeping me a little bit tucked in my safety net. Yeah. Um, but so I think I have a couple of different approaches where I want to do this. Um, charcoal and paper or just like creating something completely different and see where that goes. Right. Um, but yeah. A lot of fear with that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. The unknown. All right. So, uh, what's next? Where are you headed? Like, what things are you looking forward to working on in the future? What do you have coming on horizon? Yeah. Um, currently, actually, I have an exhibition okay. up in Denver right now uh, on, that? Vine, on Vine Street. Okay. It's at the storeroom, and it's actually a window front that oh, nice. I collaborated with my friend Holly Nordic. Shout out. Um, so it's up until December. So if anybody's strolling through Vine Street, right you'll on. see it. Um, but in terms of other projects, I don't. Hmm. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think I have some things coming up with the MCA, hopefully in the spring. Okay. Um, and a couple of projects in the works that I'm not 100% able to talk about right now. Uh, but That's when you know it's good. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> Uh, but as of right now, until the end of the year, I was going to say end of like semester, I work in September in (laughs) in semesters. So like up until the end of semester, um, nothing. Okay. Yes. Um, there's also a show in Costa Rica that I have right now, but. I mean, you keep saying there's nothing, but then shows keep popping up. I know. I feel like that's (laughs) always what happens. People are like, so what are you doing? I'm like blank. And then I'm like, yeah. And then they just like, oh yeah, it's this and this and this. (laughs) Right. But those are all current things. And yeah, for the near future, nothing, which I'm excited about. Dope. Yeah. All right. If honestly. people want to check out your stuff like online or something, where would they go? Yeah, they can go to my Instagram. Um, it's at C-A-M-I-G-L-F-R. Nice. Kami. 
with my last name without the vowels, I guess. And then um, I also have a website, which is just my name.com. Cool. Yeah. All right. So then I usually like to end by asking what is your pleasure these days? What's inspiring you? What, what are you mm. enjoying? Like TV, movie, art, books, yeah. whatever. Like what's... Yeah, um, live music. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the live music yeah. scene. I think Denver is a great place to experience all sorts of different music. Hmm. And I really feel my best when I'm on the dance floor. So ah, That's yeah. funny, because I know karma from the dance floor. You do you really? That's how we know each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love dancing, and I love experiencing music. Um, so that's usually... Yeah, where I'm at right now with that. Word. All mm -hmm. right. Well, I'm sure we'll all see each other on the dance floor. Yes. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to our listeners. Please be sure to subscribe to How Hard Is Born wherever you get your podcast for more episodes. And if you can, leave a review. It really helps us out. Check out MCA Denver on YouTube and subscribe there, too, for behind-the-scenes clips from today's episode. Don't forget to visit MCA Denver's current exhibition, The Dirty South. So on good. view now. You get gets you an endorsement. Mm -hmm. Nice. 